Hello and welcome back to Political Debrief. I'm your host, Josh Oliverio. Hope you're having a great start to the new year. Today, we're returning to talk about municipal politics. Rob Deutschman, a recently elected regional councillor for the city of Kitchener, isn't new to politics. While currently serving as a lawyer in Waterloo Region, he's also been the mayor of Air and ran for regional chair in 2018. We talk about a bunch of topics, including what originally got him to run, why he came back, and how youth can be involved in the municipal politics process. Here's our conversation now. Joining me now is Rob Deutschman. Rob is a regional councillor, but also um, a lawyer for a very long time in our region, a very well-known lawyer, and the host of the Old Grey Mares podcast. And he joins me now. Rob, thanks so much for taking the time. Josh, thanks a lot for inviting me. We kind of crossed paths a couple of times. I first noticed you when you were doing your podcast, and I was impressed that uh, a young person like yourself was... Uh, getting actively involved and interested in not only participating in politics, but actually having discussions and uh, good conversations about issues. So, and then of course we met during the Rogers, I got to meet you in person. Uh, my high honor and privilege to get to meet you during the Rogers debate. So a lot of my listeners are kind of from this region, but there's also a lot that are from outside of our region and they might yeah. not know you as well as, as well as I do, or as well as people in our region do. Do you want right. to introduce yourself really quickly? Yeah, sure. Um, you, you kind of covered off most of it. I'm a, a, a Raleigh region, born and raised boy. Uh, grew up in, uh, born in Kitchener, was there for about a year, family moved to Waterloo. Uh, grew up uh, on the streets of Waterloo, playing ball hockey and on the ice rinks, uh, in the neighborhood ice rinks that uh, the neighbor families uh, would get together and, and organize. Um, went to, uh, I always like to say, I grew up in Waterloo when Uptown was still downtown and uh, went to school in Waterloo. Uh, did my um, undergrad uh, business uh, diploma, honors business at Laurier. Worked for a few years, uh, was away from the area for a couple of years, came back. Um, moved to, lived in Kitchener for a while and then moved out to North Dumfries Township, so all within Waterloo region. Uh, went back to school after working for a while uh, to law school and opened my practice in 1995. And so I've been practicing law in Kitchener uh, since that time. And my practice now, since uh, for about the past 20 years, is focused primarily in personal injury law, uh, assisting people that have been injured or disabled in accidents or have had their long-term disability benefits denied. So I fight insurance companies every day, Josh. <laughs> What, what got you interested in the legal profession when you were picking a career path? Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. So um, my parents came to this country uh, in the 50s. Uh, my mom from Italy uh, around 53, 52, 53, and my dad from Germany around 51, 52, and they actually met in Kitchener. So I'm like a first-generation born Canadian. And like most people that are first generation born where their parents have come here from another country, the parents, uh, you know, dedicate a lot of what they do, their work 
and everything to their kids and their hopes and dreams are that their kids are becoming either doctors or lawyers. So uh, with me, uh, it was always my mom's wish that I become a lawyer. And so I would like to say since grade two and Perry Mason, the show, um, which was on very popular on television around that time, uh, it's always been ingrained in me. She wanted me to become a lawyer. And uh, I didn't really go that route initially, but eventually found that path. And uh, I, I guess it's because I like the ability to advocate and to have discussions and debates. Some might say argue. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, try to resolve issues for people and help them move on in life. And that's what really attracted me to the law. Uh, I think it's a great profession. I would encourage anyone, uh, to th- if they're thinking about it, to, to take it up because uh, a grounding in the law, a degree in law, sets you up for all sorts of other things that you can do in business and in life. So you start up Deutschman Law. It's very yeah. successful in our region. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then in 2010, yeah. you you become a mayor. Talk, yes. talk me through what talk me through um, how you wanted to become a mayor yeah. from being a lawyer, but also while you're being a lawyer. Yeah. So a couple of things. I wanted to actually back to uh, getting involved in politics because that's sort of was the start of all of this uh, interest. So, like yourself, uh, I don't know, how old are you now, Josh, 14, 15? I turned 15 on Saturday. Yeah, so when I was 17, uh, I was at the old St. Jerome's High School in Kitchener, and I met a young guy uh, there who had this list of names. He was in the library, uh, photocopying his names in the library, and I was kind of curious about that. So I asked him what that was all about. And he got a little defensive, but eventually opened up. And so it was a list of names for a, a political, a youth political club in, in Kitchener, the Liberals, Young Liberals. And I said, oh, that's interesting because I had, you know, some interest in politics and I was a, a Pierre Trudeau fan. And so we seemed to jive. And so we got talking somewhere. And next thing you know, I, I joined the Young Liberal Club in Kitchener. And that guy uh, in the library was John Malloy, who, as you will know, was an MPP for a long time here in Kitchener. And John and I became uh, really good friends uh, over the years. And through that engagement, I got involved in all sorts of provincial and federal campaigns. So politics was always a big interest of mine as I was going through life in business school and law school, et cetera, uh, talking politics, being involved in politics. So when I um, moved back to Kitchener around uh, 93, um, I... uh, uh, I, I, we, we, moved to, we moved to Kitchener, and I always had in the back of my mind that I would maybe run as an MP or an MPP someday, federal or provincial politics, because for most people, that's always the big attraction, the big sexy thing is to be, a, be a, a, someone at Queen's Park or somebody in Parliament Hill, uh, on the Hill. And I actually worked this summer in the 80s on the Hill for then Justice Minister Mark McGuigan, a uh, great time. So I was pretty immersed in politics. So when I got to uh, Kitchener one day, my wife, uh, Janice, Janice says to me, oh, I found a place we're going to live, and that was moving to Air. And I was kind of like, well, I know a few people in Air, but you know, I thought, okay, there goes my political career, because I don't really know many people in Air, and usually you have to have a base to, to do that sort of thing. But as I started my practice in 95, we opened in Kitchener, and we also opened an office in Air. So when you're in a small town, you start to get to know a lot of people uh, pretty quick, whether it's at the curling club, whether it's at the grocery store, in, in the hockey rink, 
or even at the old transfer waste station where you're dropping off your, your, your garbage, right? It's like you get to you interact with people and you get to know a lot of people. And being a lawyer in a small town, um, I got to really know a lot of people. I was president of the curling club. Uh, I had the practice in town, so a lot of people were coming to me to do. And back then, I was doing a, a general practice, which is real estate, uh, business, wills and estates, even some family law when people would split up. You'd have to try and help sort things out for them. So you get to know a lot of people. And around that time, I'm a, I, I love sports. I play a lot of sports. I still play sports. I play hockey in the league. I play soccer in the summer. I love to golf. I'm an all-around sports guy. I'm a sports nut. And um, in air, we had a very small ice rink. Like it was an ice rink that the ice surface was smaller than a regular, regulation size, regular size rink. And we was like, we've got to do something about this rink. We've got to do something about this rink. And so in 07, 06, uh, we started a, a community group to try and build a new community center and ice rink. And as we got moving on that, we started to build traction. We got some funding. And actually, the project started moving ahead. And we were in the construction in 2009, 2010, but they were running into financial problems. And the council of the day was cutting things from the budget, even the score clock, if you can imagine. And we were like, hey, man, this is, like, not right. We've got to do something about this. And we said, we got to, you know, we're not getting any cooperation from our then mayor. We've got to make changes. And we also wanted to twin the pad, but they refused to do that. So that really got a real groundswell of people wanting to make changes in the community uh, with their local politicians. And we, especially the mayor, so we were trying to find somebody to run, but we couldn't find anybody. And given that I had all this political experience, I said, look, I'll run. I figured, how much could it be to, to uh, be a mayor in a small town? <laughs> Famous last words. Um, and so we ran, and given I had a lot of experience in running a campaign, and one of the things you'll find in municipal politics is people kind of run a campaign. They don't really run a complete campaign. Sometimes people don't have a lot of knowledge in terms of – because you don't have political parties at the municipal level. And political parties help local candidates in terms of uh, canvassing, signs, literature, policy platforms, website development, etc. And when you're running a municipal campaign, you're on your own with all of that. So my motivation was the community center. Was uh, I had chaired this committee for a number of years. We did a lot of fundraising. We felt that our baby was sort of getting abused, so to speak, that it wasn't being treated properly. And we, met, we had to step in. And we had to take charge of this thing. And fortunately, a lot of other people felt the same way. They felt that their local municipal government was not responsive, was not collaborative, was not transparent. And uh, that's how it uh, turned out when we went to uh, the polls and ran a pretty, a pretty well-run professional campaign. And uh, the people decided to support us. So... You decide not to seek another term as yeah. Um, yeah. as mayor, and then you um, you have a little bit of time off, and then you make a run for uh, regional chair, yeah. which was um, not su- not successful. Yeah. Um, so what made you decide to come back to regional council? Yeah. Um, I, 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 for a second, though, just to talk, I think it'd be interesting just a brief chat about why I only ran for, stayed for one term, right? Because most people don't stay for just one term. Uh, you know, most people that run for politics are usually two, three, four, five terms uh, there because incumbents, and that's one of the things about municipal politics is incumbency really helps those people that are there for a long time. 
But I just I just wanted to mention, um, and I, I like to talk about this whenever I can. That I think that uh, there should be term limits for people that uh, run in uh, politics. That you're there for two, maybe three terms, and then either you move up to the next level or you move aside. Uh, you know, so three terms as a councillor, two or three terms as a mayor, and then move on and create opportunities for other people to step in because there's a lot of young people like yourself, uh, a lot of people in the community that want to share their ideas and get involved, and we have to make sure there's room for all of that. And when people kind of stay too long, you be too long in the tooth, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, there are some exceptions of people that have stayed for a long time, and they'll say, yeah, it's been good. But I think overall, uh, it's better when people change. Now, for myself... After four years uh, of running my law practice, being a mayor and regional council, I was I was kind of burnt. There was a lot of stuff. We had a very active uh, time on council, did a lot of things in North Dumfries that had not been done for a long time, and it was a very progressive in the sense of a lot of things got we got we got stuff done, and I was very proud of that four years, and so I was happy to pass the baton on and and move on. Uh, when I ran for regional chair, there was an opening there, and uh, I felt it was important to have a good debate about who people wanted as a regional chair. Um, maybe the debate wasn't uh, as active as it could have been, uh, but you know, I, I knew I was up against a person who was a very qualified individual, very strong political brand in the community, and uh, you know, a lot of people uh, were satisfied with the work that uh, Karen Redmond had done in her other capacities where she acted on behalf of the community. And, you know, I was confident uh, that she would do a great job as regional chair as she has. But, you know, I still wanted to have a good debate. There wasn't anyone else running at the time. And I thought, you know, Ken Sealing had stepped down for the first time. It was the first time to be a maybe a real race. Didn't turn out to be a real race. I came second, but a distant second at the time. But, you know, after those four years, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And, and I was involved in like, uh, you know, I'd be on the Mike Farwell show to talk about local issues and stuff. And that, that sort of gave me a lot of satisfaction to be able to contribute to the public debate on various issues. But, you know, in, uh, uh, um, in uh, 20, 2021 uh, and 2022, we had certain steps being taken by the region with respect to the homeless issue that really um, concerned me. Uh, I didn't think there was uh, enough compassion being shown uh, to people who are homeless and uh, people that are marginalized and uh, really, you know, at, their, at the end of their rope. And I thought we could show a little more compassion as a community. And uh, that's largely why I stepped in because I, I, I wanted to uh, offer my services. I started to see a lot of incumbents who were also leaving and having had four years of experience there. I wanted to also offer my experience, but also I had shown that I don't look at things the usual way. I have a bit of a, a fresh perspective on things, and so that's what drove me to offer my services again. Uh, and this time I ran uh, because I couldn't get on regional council through North Dumfries. So I'd have to run because you have to be a mayor to be on regional council uh, in the townships. And so because I'd been a longtime lawyer and uh, involved in Kitchener, I ran as a regional councillor from Kitchener because every city is allowed to elect not only the mayors on regional council, but uh, in Kitchener, four elected representatives are on regional council and in Waterloo and Cambridge, two elected representatives are on regional council. And that's how you get the, to 16. That's eight plus the seven mayors plus the regional chair makes 16 people. Before we started recording, you told me that you 
ran for regional council um, this time around because there was a, a big issue that you felt very passionate about. What was that issue? Well, it was predominantly the homelessness issue. Uh, that that was the big affordable housing. Affordable housing is an issue that comes up. It, it seemed to come up every election. When I ran for regional chair, it was the number one issue. Uh, when I ran again for regional council, the last time it was still the number one issue. And obviously, uh, you, when you read the papers and see the news, affordable housing is the biggest issue. I mean, I, I've got three kids. I, I, I know your parents are probably thinking the same thing. How are our kids ever afford a house and uh, what's going to happen uh, when they start to move on and stuff? And, and that's a big issue as well. Now, the region has done a number of things. But, you know, I wanted to continue the advocacy uh, from, from the municipal platform advocating to the province and the feds about continuing to fund uh, affordable housing. But the biggest number one issue was how we deal with the homeless uh, in our community. And uh, I just didn't feel that there was enough of a compassionate approach when we were talking about uh, court cases and evictions and bulldozers to take down tents. I just, that wasn't the type of Wiley region that I felt reflected myself. And so I ran offering my services and largely campaigning on that issue. And, uh, you know, I'd like to think that enough people thought enough of that, that they elected me uh, along with uh, three other people. And, and I can tell you for the other people, uh, uh, it was a big issue as well. Changing subjects a little bit. Um... The idea behind my podcast is to talk about the issues in Canadian politics, which includes, you know, provincial and municipal as well, that impact Canada's youth. And I'm curious, specific to Waterloo Region, what do you think the biggest challenges that Waterloo Region's youth face? Uh, you know, um, in the news of late, you know, we've we've heard stories. It seems that there have been more stories about uh, gang fights and issues related to drugs um, and, and the seriousness of these drugs. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's just a youth issue. Uh, I think, though, that what that reflects is we have to ensure that we're doing enough things in our community to address uh, youth issues and engage young people in that. But at the same time, like when I was uh, building the, the community center, or when we were building that community center, it was a passion project of mine in North Dumfries, and this was back in 2010. And one of the things we had back then was, uh, you know, we had a senior center in there, we had a walking track, we had the rink, we had a community hall, we had a medical center, and we had a youth room, right? But after a while, you realize, look, kids that are... 14, 15, 16, 17, they don't want adults telling them what to do or controlling what they do. And, and the youth center really didn't get used that much. And, and I understand that. You want, to be, you want to be free, you want to be out there, you want to be active. I, I think what we have to do is we have to make sure that there are uh, employment opportunities for young people. You know, everyone wants to get a job, make some coin, and be able to, uh, you know, start to spend some money. We have to make sure that there are good uh, transit opportunities for people moving around. I mean, sure, your parents like to drive you around, but we've got to make sure that there's good transit and good accessibility to get around, bike around. Um, we have to make sure that um, we're, we're providing the types of services that youth want. Like we, we recently added a, a skateboard park in North Dumfries, you know, so that kid, young people can just go hang out and do what they want to do. Young people need to be able to feel free 
to get together, to collaborate, to do whatever it is they want to do, uh, and not feel like it's in some setting that's controlled or structured by adults. So we can't really tell young people, hey, this is what you got to do. We got to listen to young people and, and understand what it is they want to do and try and provide an environment. You know, look at as a parent, we always want everyone to be safe. Your parents want you to be safe. They want to make sure everything is good because we're invested in our kids. You know, we, we gave birth to you. We've raised you. Uh, we want the best for you. And we want to make sure that you move through life in a safe environment. And as an elected politician, the number one concern, the number one priority of any politician is the safety of the people in their community. And so we want to make sure that youth are able to operate in a safe environment. You know, that means uh, dealing with the drug epidemic, uh, you know, dealing with uh, violence that happens, but also providing young people with opportunities, as I said, for employment, to be creative, to uh, be involved in sports or non-sports activities, to make sure that we're creating a society where youth can express themselves and, and start something up like a podcast and do it and, and flourish at it and be involved. And, and you've had a lot of people who have participated in your podcast to encourage you in all of this. And, you know, we, we try to do things that help a lot of people, but we also do things to help the individual. And uh, that as a parent, and as you get older, Josh, we'll, the torch will be handed off to you to take care of your kids and the young people in the community. So, you know, just think about that sort of thing. <laughs> but that's uh, sort of the, the approach that I feel that we have to uh, do what we can to provide for safe environments, but listen to what the young people want to do and try to accommodate that in that, as I said, safe environment. We often hear a lot about youth involvement in politics um, or their lack of. Um, you're an elected official. What do you feel the best way is for young people to have their voice heard on all, all the issues, not just these specific issues? Uh, Josh, the best way is to actually participate like young people to organize and participate. Like that is the best way. Um, like I said, we can't tell you, we, we shouldn't be in the position of telling you what's good for you. Uh, I mean, we can consider that, but, but a big part of it is you're telling us what's, what you want to do and what's good for you and, and advocating. So, so for example, you know, if there's an issue that you're concerned about, you know, uh, let's say it's a skateboard park for Blair, right? just as an example. So you say, okay, skateboard park. Well, who's responsible for a skateboard park? Municipal government. All right, let's get down there. Let's go ask some questions. Let's talk to my local representative and say, look, I'm interested in a skateboard park here. What, what do we have to do to make that happen? And so it's just, it's just like asking those questions, like you're saying, I want to do a podcast. How do I do the podcast? What do I need to do, right? And you figure it out. So in politics, there are a lot of people that will help you get the answers, but you have to have the drive and interest and desire to go get it. And if you have that, you will get those answers and you will get a lot of help from people because many people want to help young people. You know, that's, that, like if some young person calls and says, I'm interested in blah, 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 we're right there. And so that, that is the biggest thing. Young people have to you know, express their interest. And um, we have to also, you know, remind young people that, look, if, if there's something you want to do, 
There's opportunities to make it happen. And here's how we can work with you to make it happen. And uh, the more we make it a friendly, welcoming environment for young people to feel comfortable in participating, then the better it is overall. And so we have to open up those doors too. Um, all right. Uh, really quick, Rob, before we wrap up, I want to get your uh, perspective really quickly. You've already shared your perspective, but maybe some more in-depth um, perspective on this. Um, before the previous council, regional council um, dissolved, they there was a very controversial um, decision made, and that was to substantially increase the post-service benefits for regional council members. You immediately um you you almost you almost immediately came out against this and actually most of that <laughs> um how are you feeling about that whole situation now that it's kind of passed over what what do you think um now that kind of the the water's cooled a little bit what do you think about the idea of increasing benefits and maybe salaries as well sure so um look there you know everyone always jumps on the politician like like look at josh you know two months ago i was just average joe lawyer walking the street then you get elected now you're the politician and it was like, oh, the politician, they're going to pad their pockets, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, when, when you take a look at what municipal politicians do, especially, and pretty well all politicians, I would say, um, the demand on your time is enormous, enormous. It's not a nine-to-five, five-day-a-week job. It really is a 24-7, so to speak, kind of job, or 16-7, because... There are many community groups, many individuals that would like to meet with you, talk to you about their issues, let you know what's what's happening. And, and a lot of times the best way to do that is to go out to the festivals or go out to meet with their executive boards. And that happens a lot of times on weekends and at night. So if you took all the hours that people who are in politics, elected representatives do versus what they get paid, there really is no relation there. Um, I'm fine with uh, politicians getting, uh, the elected representatives getting uh, increases on a regular basis. I think they should. Um, I think it should be, uh, at one time at the region, uh, there was uh, a bylaw in place, and I don't know if there's a policy in place, I, I have to investigate this, but there's actually a bylaw in place that said every year uh, the councillors would get an increase that was the lower of uh, the uh, rate of inflation or whatever the non-union uh, representatives or, or workers got uh, for a wage increase at the region. So that it was always going up all the time. And it also said in the third year of the term, there would be a citizens committee struck that would take a look at uh, remuneration or pay compensation and determine what it should be so that for the, for the next council, it was decided by the previous council. And that way then it sort of takes it out of being a political hot potato. Um, this last go around with the lifetime benefits, was it was an issue of process and uh it was a decision that either should have been made well in advance uh of the end of the term or not at all uh it shouldn't have been made in that period of time between uh the election of the new council and the start of the new council because there is about a, a several weeks there where when i'm elected i'm not officially a councillor until uh three weeks or four weeks later and it was during that period of time that this decision was made. And, you know, the decision itself for lifetime paid benefits, 
I find that offensive because I think people who are politicians are, are no different than any other volunteer in the community. People that, let's say, for example, go and volunteer at homeless shelters, right? Helping people with mental, severe mental health uh, uh, problems or drug addictions. I mean, they, they, first of all, they don't get paid great. And second, they don't get benefits. And to think that they, you know, that the elected representative should get lifetime paid benefits, but someone who goes to uh, an encampment and helps people with their drug issues every day, all four seasons in the outdoors gets nothing is offensive. And uh, I'm glad we reversed that right away. And uh, the process, though, should never have happened the way it happened. And I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed about that. And it caused a lot of distrust amongst, from, from amongst the public about politicians. You know, it's like, can you have another sort of uh, uh, situation where uh, it's almost a caricature of a politician, you know, their, their hand in the pork barrel? Because that's what it looked like. And that's not what the people who get elected are about. Most people who get elected if you run for office, if you ask them during the campaign, what do you get paid as a municipal councillor? They wouldn't even know. I don't even know for sure what it is. I think mean, it's in the 40s something, but I don't even know what it is for sure. Now, and, I'm, and I get a check. <laughs> so, you know, they don't run, they don't do it because of the pay. People don't run because of the pay. They run because they're passionate about issues and want to help out. That is the reason people run. My last question for you, Rob, um, is if you were to go back to when you were a teenager, we'll say 15, yeah. and you had to give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Hmm, let me say when I was 15, so I was in grade but 10 or something back then. Um, you know what? Um, I think the big thing, make as many friends as possible. The social networking has so many benefits, uh, not only in terms of you know a lot of people, but when you, uh, as you grow up and interact with people and develop friendships, that has a lot of um, personal mental health benefits too for people. You know, engage with your friends, be kind to your friends, and make as many friends, get to know as many people as possible. Say hi to people, engage with people, get to know people. You know, I know uh, social media can be a difficult thing at times, but I'm not one that's going to say get off the social media. Um, I would be one to say engage politely on social media. Don't be a mean person. And connect with as many people as possible. Because for a whole variety of reasons, I could list a hundred of them. It's going to be a big benefit in your life down the road. And that's what I would say is for a whole personal skills development, uh, being comfortable in terms of engaging with people, talking to people, and just learning about people from all sorts of different walks of life. You know, people that come from different countries, people that are refugees, new Canadians, uh, people of color, First Nations, get to know as many people as possible. You know, gay, straight, whatever. Just be open and, and and engage in conversation. And that will help you later in life. And, you know, I just thought of that. And I thank you for that question. And I think that that's, uh, I'm happy with that, that advice. Uh, yeah, I, I think that is very important. 
Awesome. Rob, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, Josh. It was my pleasure. And uh, anytime you've got any questions or anything, uh, feel free to uh, reach out to me. And maybe someday there'll be a regional issue you feel passionate about, and I'll have the pleasure of watching you delegate at a council meeting on that issue. episode of Political Debrief. Thank you so much for listening. As always, feel free to like and subscribe this episode on all your favorite platforms and check out our website politicaldebrief.com for a blog post about this episode to learn more about Rob and how to be involved with municipal politics. That's also linked down below. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Oliverio and the show on Instagram at Political Debrief Show and you can also subscribe on our website to the email list to get an email whenever we post a new episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode in a few weeks' time.